everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Watch Once Never Again, the podcast where we watch disturbing movies so you don't have to. I'm Mary Beth. I'm Dex. And uh, tonight we're talking about a fucking doozy of a movie. For the end of our animation series, we are talking Grave of the Fireflies. We sure are. We sure fucking are. This is a movie that I have been avoiding forever. And finally watched, and uh, and will gladly never watch again. Um, but we'll get into it's that. Such a it's such a feel good classic. It's a feel- <laughs> nothing feels better than watching Grave of the Fireflies when you're already in a depressive episode. Yeah, Woo! it's like Dirty Dancing, Grave of the Fireflies, Bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> Just girly things. <laughs> Our new tagline, yeah. <laughs> but um, do you want to read us the synopsis of Grave of the Fireflies before we jump in? Sure. So, from Wikipedia, of course. Who else? It says, In 1945, the Yokokawa house is destroyed in a firebombing along with, the, with most of Kobe. The children, teenager Seita and little Setsuko escape unharmed but their mother dies from severe burns seita conceals their mother's death from setsuko in an attempt to keep her happy which she later learns of which she later learns of despite seita's efforts seita and setsuko move in with a distant aunt and seita retrieves supplies he buried before the bombing and gives everything to his aunt save for a tin of sakuma uh, drops Sakuma, probably. Who knows? Didn't practice that one. The aunt convinces, <laughs> the aunt convinces Seita to sell his mother's silk kimono for rice as rations shrink and the number of refugees in the house grows. Seita uses some of his mother's money in the bank to buy supplies, but eventually the aunt becomes resentful of the children, deeming them unworthy of earning her food. Seita and Setsuko decide to leave their aunt's home and excessive insults, and they move into an abandoned bomb shelter. They release fireflies into the shelter for light. The next day, Setsuko is horrified to find that the insects have died. She buries them in a grave, asking why they and her mother had to die. As they run out of rice, Seita steals from farmers and loots homes during air raids, for which he is beaten and sent to the police. The officer realizes Seita is stealing due to hunger and releases him. When Setsuko falls ill, a doctor explains that she is suffering from malnutrition. Desperate, Seita withdraws the last of the money in their mother's bank account. After doing so, he becomes distraught when he learns that Japan has surrendered and that his father, an Imperial Japanese Navy captain, is most likely dead as most of Japan's Navy has been sunk. Seita returns to Setsuko with food but finds her dying. She later dies as Seita finishes preparing the food. Seita cremates Setsuko's body and her stuffed doll in a straw casket. He carries her ashes in the candy tin, along with his father's photograph. Shortly Fuck after this the... movie! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Shortly after the end of World War II, Seita dies of starvation at, at, a, at a train station. Surrounded by other malnourished people. A janitor is tasked with removing the bodies before the arrival of the Americans. 
The janitor sorts through Seita's possessions and finds the candy tin, which he throws into a field. Setsuko's ashes spread out, and her spirit springs from the tin and is joined by Seita's spirit and a cloud of fireflies. They board a ghostly train and, throughout the journey, look back at the events leading to Seita's death. Their spirits later arrive at their destination, healthy and happy. Surrounded by fireflies, they rest on a hilltop bench overlooking present-day Kobe. The end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had actually seen, like, clips of this somewhere, but I never watched the whole thing. Probably because it was animated. And as you know, I am <laughs> animation-averse, we'll say. Uh, but it's always on all of those, like, most disturbing lists. Yeah. So I, I'm surprised that I didn't end up watching the whole thing until now. So what did you think? So, f- first of all, I was surprised when the Studio Ghibli logo popped up at the beginning oh yeah oh yeah because as someone who doesn't really know that much about animation i just associate them with like happy like bright animation that's like uh cute creatures and and stuff like that like you know what i mean oh yeah oh it's very out of out of like not what you expect from from the studio basically it's very different it's like left of the left of the left field of theirs <laughs> you know yeah like, and like this is not miyazaki this is um because you know how miyazaki did like spirited away but this one and okay this is actually directed by asala takata um so it wasn't he's a, he's a co-founder of studio Ghibli with miyazaki but he's the one who directed grave of the fireflies right yeah so that was um a shock to me i was just like oh okay um but i actually really liked this movie yeah i was i'll say this most people say it's like really sad but i was just really mad the whole time like i mean not the whole time like um you know a lot of people say they cry if they even think about the ending of this movie um i i've I knew what was going to happen just because like to me it was obvious what was going to happen and I wasn't sad I was just like annoyed to be honest (laughs) which we can talk about but I I, I did really like this movie but this was your first time watching it too right? It was because I like you know I've heard a million things about it. I knew how fucking sad it was, and I just like did not want to deal with it. <laughs> I think is like mostly what it is. Um, it so I I also have a really hard time with things about war and like nuclear war specifically because that like scares me more than any horror movie. Um, mm. So movies like this, like, are all, like, prone to freak me the fuck out because, like, you know, this is based on a real thing. Like, this to me is scarier than any horror movie because, like, this is based, it's not based on a true story. It's based on the experience of a guy who wrote the short story that the movie is based on, based on, or the short story that the movie is based on. But just, like, the idea of this going on in reality, like, an entire country starving because of what the U.S. did to them, and, like, and also, like, you know, the World War II, like, the horrendous, you know, what was going on in World War II, and, like, the atrocities that were going on, like, it just fucks with my head 
like more than a lot of things. So I don't know. So that on top of how like fucking sad this movie was, it was just like not looking forward to watching it. And I'm glad I did, but Jesus Christ, it's really fucking sad. <laughs> it is. It was like more graphic than I thought it would be too. Yeah, me too. Like at the beginning, I was like, this is like an animated version of Threads. <laughs> Do you ever it, watch Threads? Yeah, and it's like it this is another this is like Barefoot Gen. Have you ever seen Barefoot Gen? No, what is that? I've never even heard of that. So, it's a, it's a similar to Grave of the Fireflies in that it's about like it's it's about it's about like a bombing in World War 2, but it's actually after the nuclear bombing in one of the nuclear bombings and i think it's hiroshima and it's about like him navigating like the nuclear waste landscape and like people's flesh falling off and stuff it's fucked up is that animated also it is yes okay so that's the animated version of threads (laughs) that one was probably more of the animated version of threads um but anyway there's a lot of there well these are only i've only seen two anime like interpretations of life after life like immediately during and after world war ii but jesus christ they're bleak (laughs) yeah this is really bleak Uh, and somehow i was like surprised by that yet i will say this i thought it'd be way worse just based on really hype i guess yeah i thought it'd be even worse that's fair i'm glad it wasn't though yeah, it's just unrelenting. Like, it's just, it's so interesting watching a movie in this style. Like, the Miyazaki kind of be- beautifully animated, everything was kind of idealized and idealistic. And then it is just, like, the most fucking horrendous subject matter of all time. Like, just two kids starving to death. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I don't mean and to it laugh because that... it's not funny, but it's just so, but like, like yes. outrageous. <laughs> I don't know what like, to do there's like these cute like these beautiful like very like typical studio ghibli moments where like running on the beach together and like laughing and having a great time and there's even this like fucking sad part where they're building out the abandoned bomb shelter as like their house and it like is it meant to be like this like little adventure and this kind of putting a childish spin on like the most depressing fucking thing of all time like jesus christ like oh it's so cute look they have to live in a bomb shelter because there's nowhere else for them to go and they can't eat anything else cool like jesus (laughs) oh my god I think that's part of, like, why I kept getting annoyed. I had to keep reminding myself, like, that he was a kid. Oh, my God. Because, um, just, like, well, I was was getting annoyed, not with, like, at the movie. This was an obvious, like, theme in the movie where people just were very, like, no one would help them. when they really needed it and i guess that's surprising to me as like a westerner who always hears like westerners are so individualistic and um like the eastern culture is more community based you know so it was like surprising to see people not helping kids who obviously needed food and shelter um or 
even just other people who needed help. It, it was just surprising to see that. But well, no, 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 you got. And I was gonna say like, and I think what this movie displays really well is how much that said like that kind of the idea of community goes out the window when like you have to choose between yourself and others in these situations because like this is like ration food no one has access to barely any food like you completely turn on other people and who gives a shit if you're a kid like you're only you're only as valuable as what you can provide and if you're a kid and can't provide like their aunt is constantly saying like you are so useless you don't do anything like people are working for the country blah 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 and you are not doing anything because they're fucking kids but they're like no you should be working and providing for everybody and it's just like this horrendous um kind of look at the reality of war and what happens like when people are put on the brink of survival and like how this actually happened like this people were pushed to these extremes due to the actions of the united states fuck yeah i I mean i would say it's even happening now like obviously not about war but like with covid People are so individualistic. Nobody cares about anybody else. Like, I mean, sure, there's, like, you know, there are people who give a shit. But overall, people are like, it's done. Like, do whatever you want. Um, Fuck people who maybe have, like, autoimmune diseases and and stuff like that. Like, um, just, like, you know what I mean? Like, not to get on a soapbox about it, but... Just this whole time, I mean, when <laughs> when the pandemic first started, people were, like, uh, hoarding, like, pallets of toilet paper and stuff. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's shit like that. Um, and not even to mention, like, vaccination and masking and, and stuff like that. I don't even want to get into it. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it just... Um, yeah, the the film just felt like uh, prescient. That's all. But I I had yeah. to keep reminding myself they were kids because I was getting annoyed at. Um, I keep wanting to call him Satan because I eat so much <laughs> vegan food, um, Satan, because. Um. I wish you had seen my face when he went to withdraw the last of the money because I was like, you fucking had money that whole time. Like, I, I, it, I realized that he said that his mother had 7,000 yen, which I don't know how that, like, would transfer to our money. Like, I don't know if that's a lot or not. It doesn't sound like it. It's like 50 bucks. Okay. In 19... 19- I mean, oh, hold on. What year was it? I wanted to say 34, but that's because I watched a different movie last night. Um, Well, whatever year it was. Oh, 1945. It was 1945. Yeah, it would have to be. So, but I, I was just like... She's been dying for like a week. And now you go get the money to go buy food. Like, you know, I was I was getting annoyed at that. But I was like, well, he's a child. And then I I found myself doing it at other parts too. I'm like, you know, that 
farmer straight up was like you should swallow your pride and go back with your aunt like she sucks but you'll at least be alive and he first of all he should have never left anyway but i mean that's neither here nor there first of all i left home when i was a child also but (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say uh (laughs) so but But i also think like it it shows like it, I also think it shows that, like, that these kids don't know what they're doing. And, like, these fucking kids are put through these horrendous situations and, like, make these horrible mistakes because they're just kids and don't know what else to do. And they're forced to grow up so quickly. But even though they're, like, he's trying to be a parent and take care of his sister, he's still a baby himself. And, like, it's just this, like, sad night, like, naivete of being a kid and what that looks like like you you grow up really quickly in the scenarios yeah but you're also still a kid and you don't know everything about the world and i think this movie captures that in a really like fucked up way of like yeah sure like you can grow up really quickly and know what to do to survive but you also don't totally know the ins and outs of the world and that fucks you sometimes and that just uh... yeah it's like the i think that's possibly the entire like theme of the movie is like the pitfalls of innocence and how it can kill you like sometimes because yeah had he just swallowed his pride and gone back to his aunt they would have been alive and so for me at the end where people are saying it's so sad she dies. I'm like, I know this is unfair, but I was just like, yes, yeah, she died because of him. <laughs> like, oh my God, you know? Dax, Jesus Christ. Well, that's what I thought because I was like, he, I mean, it is his fault. She was looking up to him to take care of her. I realized he's a child and like, I did, <laughs> I did have a conversation with myself about this <laughs> um, <laughs> because I'm like, mm, how much of this is your own trauma? Um, but I was just like you know like he knew she was starving and he didn't go get that money out sooner when the farmer wouldn't like sell him anything and he couldn't trade any of the like kimonos that he had stolen you know Um, I don't know it was just hard for me not to think of it as his fault and even now thinking about it I'm just like it kind of is his fault like i know he's a child and he didn't mean to do it but it is kind of his fault like you know like she she didn't know she couldn't do anything for herself and he was old enough i guess right where he some like somewhat had like survival skills so i i don't know how old he was either i imagined he was like 17 i thought he was younger than that well, that's part of it then. Like, if you're 13 or 14 versus if you're 17, which I realize is only three years, but I feel like that's a different that's person. A big, that's a big difference, though, like, at that age. Yeah, like, I thought he was, like, on the verge of becoming an adult, maybe, but he was still young and naive. And yeah. possibly, like, because he had grown up in a military family, like this is just me kind of guessing but it seemed like maybe they were well off and they definitely seemed comfortable like comfortable like they weren't yeah. they didn't seem to be as affected 
like may, maybe not like filthy rich like spoiled brat but um it seemed like maybe they maybe he didn't he was like like the type of child who maybe didn't have chores you know oh to me, yeah to me that's like high end high end child <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I forget why imagine, I was even saying imagine that. Not grow, imagine growing up not having to do chores. My yeah, favorite I don't know. My, my, my favorite is my mom gave me like $2 to do my chores. And then when my brother got older, she gave him 20 And I was like, what? The inflation 20? really fucked me up, huh? Yes. Like $2 is like a consolation prize for like cleaning the bathroom and doing the laundry and the dishes and taking the trash out. Like it, it was nothing. And then my brother got $20 and he did less than I did. Being the oldest child is a bummer. Wow. Anyway, that's my that's my rant about chores. Wow. Hmm. It anyway. shocks me when people say they got um, allowance money and stuff. I know. Like, it, I thought yeah. it was in the movies for like, <laughs> until I was like an adult. <laughs> and people yeah. are like, nope, but that's real. Yep, I got two dollars. Wow. I got I got two dollars and then I got a then I got a job at fifteen because I was sick of getting two dollars <laughs> to, to do chores. Anyway, true, <laughs> true. Anyway, welcome to Chores Talk. <laughs> Our new podcast, Chores. Our new podcast. <laughs> um. Anyway, and- yeah. I mean, what? Like, how did you feel about the end? Seeing it for the first time, also. So you didn't get any of that? You weren't like, hey, this guy killed his sister. Well, I, I did. I did. I just, I under, I more came at it from like this sympathy, this sympathetic angle. Like, well, the one point where the guy, the farmer was like, hey, you should just like swallow your pride and go back to your aunt's house. I was like, yeah, wait, why don't you swallow your pride and go back to your aunt's house? Like, what's Yeah, like that here? is an option, actually. Yeah. And like. It just broke. It broke my heart more than anything, though, because like it's she's just a baby. It's all pride is the thing, and I think that's always what? like something that I struggle to watch in movies because I'm like, just yeah, just stop. Because it's I understand like that's also a reflection of just Japan and the war, or at least I think it might be, you know, where they wouldn't, they they kept fighting because they were just too proud to stop fighting i i think that possibly he is like representative of that oh 100 percent. i was gonna say that too like i think there's even parts you know where he's you know talking about the military and idealizing like the navy and he has again this like idealistic childlike attitude about the military and about japan and about serving your country and him like you're saying it as a really good point of him like having that pride it is a really good correlation for that what happened in japan and kind of one of one of the many things that led to like the atrocities that happened in that country it's it is it's pride it's like it's a huge cultural thing with the with pride and i think you know steve is really really fascinated with like world war ii stuff and like he's really into history and i've like learned a lot from him about it and it's just fascinating like how these ideas of pride and of honor really do affect entire wars. It's fascinating. It's just reflective of like people needlessly died. 
you know, and I'm sorry to say that, and I think people could possibly be mad at me for it, but, like, Setsuko didn't have to die. She could have been totally, at least alive, maybe not totally fine, had he just stopped being, like, so proud and stopped um, thinking that he knew best when he... There were moments where he must have realized, like, I am in over my head. You know? And, like, again, I realized he was a child, so... um, It's just hard for me. I don't know. Well, and it's also really... I was thinking about this when I was alongside Barefoot again, which is this this narrative of the young boys having to step up to take care of their families. Like, it's so common in a lot of these narr- like in these narratives and I mean I have like a sample size of these two movies but the the format is very similar in terms of how it has young boys stepping up into these positions and this but the, honestly like this applies to a lot of anime like if you think about Evangelion and a lot of other mech it's like having a lot of this is coming from trauma from the war of young boys having to step up after the war after you know so many people were killed and them having to kind of step into these these boots of responsibility way too early and completely like not knowing what to do with it and stumbling and tripping over and fucking things up and this is such a a pretty literal look at that because i think that's a theme that permeates a lot of very influential anime and how you can track how like anime creators and filmmakers have kind of taken that feeling and that on we kind of and instilled it in every genre of anime and i think that's really fascinating and incredibly fucked up about how much trauma has been inflicted on this con- on that country during world war ii and that's not to say that japan is innocent japan is also in a lot of really fucked up shit too but like jesus christ like we really did fuck over that country for sure I was just like, ugh, war stuff just fucks me up i i just fucks me up the things that we do to other people in, like, the name of greater good and scare quotes, whatever the fuck that even means. Like, oh, it just gets under my skin so easily. It gets under my skin, too, to an extent. And just to comment on what you were just talking about, I think that is part of why I get easily annoyed at, like, that type of narrative. I really think it's my own personal hang-up. Like, just having been a, mm-hmm. a kid who had to grow up really early really fast and like live on my own and like you know fail or fly basically like i had to i had no choice i think that i this is true of me in most areas of my life i can be really hard on people and for me it's like okay your kid sister and i realize this is like absurd this is a movie and it's not real but just you know bear with me um, your kid sister was like relying on you and you had, you chose to leave, which may have been the right choice. I don't know. Um, I don't think so, but whatever. So you can't, in that moment, you're choosing to grow up and you're choosing to stop being so naive and any point where he could have shown that he had like fully like turned that leaf he proved that he actually didn't like for instance when they were on the beach right yeah one 
if he had been smart, he would have also started like harvesting the sea salt, but he chose not to. He said, that's what they're doing. And then he ran and played. Right. Um, but then Setsuko comes across like a dead body and she thinks that it's somebody like taking a nap under like mm-hmm. a blanket or something. Uh, cause, the only the feet are sticking out and he doesn't explain what it is because she asks like a question she's like are they sleeping or or something like that and he just says don't look at that so like to me when he said that that was an indication of his character where it's like he's gonna choose just not to face reality at all and he's gonna choose to just see what he wants to see do what he wants to do and just continue basically being a child but pretending that he's like got some sense of responsibility and for me personally that's difficult and again I realize this is not real first of all and it's a movie but like just as a viewer why I struggled with his character was because it's hard for me to accept that because I know like it's like you can go one way or the other, right? You can become very responsible or you can become totally irresponsible. And that's true in real life, too. Like, there are people, uh, you know, I, I don't even want get to get into it, but, you know, you can have two people who came from the exact same circumstance and one becomes hyper, like, responsible and one becomes very irresponsible, right? And yeah. for me, that's hard because it's like... like why why can't you just get it Mm -hmm. together and I realize everybody's different like I I don't want to get into it more than I just did but yeah I don't know it's just hard so for me watching it with my own personal baggage and like my own personal like background and everything I was just like wow he killed his sister huh you know and apparently that is an unpopular opinion because he is a child, and I realize that. And when I talk to myself about it, like I said, I'm like, okay, you need to stop being so hard on animated characters. Because um, he, <laughs> he did his best, I guess. He actually did way better than, like, you would expect, right? Like, he was, like, fishing. He did better and... than I would have done, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I always, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not saying i could survive on the land i i don't know <laughs> but i doubt it <laughs> um yeah i don't know it was just my own personal hang up about it i don't know i realize Fair. it's an unpopular opinion though trust me and i don't mean to be like cold-hearted because <laughs> i don't mean it that way amazing. no i like surprisingly i liked um setsuko because normally I'd get fucking annoyed with her. Um, cause... <laughs> yeah, she, she was just very sweet. But normally in movies, like kids like that, I'm just like, oh, God. Just, 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 <laughs> I'm not coming across very nicely today, I see. Damn. <laughs> I just don't like baby voices. I don't know. It's something about me. Is that weird? I feel like that's no. pretty common. No, that's pretty common. I I have quite a few baby cousins who I am obsessed with and would kill for. So I think 
movies like this make me especially emotional now that I have, like, little cousins because I, like, cannot even, like, fathom my little baby cousin, like, the only little girl cousin I have, like, being in that scenario, like, being that age, like, it just makes me want to cry right now, like, ugh, it just breaks my fucking heart, and, like, I don't know, I think that's, like, why, and it's weird, because, like, I didn't used to think like this, but it's, like, now that I'm older, older is a strong word, but, like, have little baby cousins, (laughs) and, like, I have literally zero desire to have kids, but, like, I'm going to have a nephew soon. And like one of my best friends is having a baby. So it's like, oh, there's going to be like babies in my life. And like thinking about them in this kind of scenario that is a based on a real scenario. Like it's absolutely fucked. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is based on a short story that um, a Japanese writer wrote in honor of his like baby sister who passed away due to starvation um, in the 1940s. Um, Akiyuki Nasaka wrote, wrote Grave of the Fireflies, which is a short story. It's not inc- it's not purely autobiographical, but it's autobiographical. It is semi-autobiographical, but it's um like about his life before, during, and after the firebombing in Kobe. And something I thought was actually really interesting, like researching this, because I was curious about like the short story and curious about the history of like how it was made. And um, Nosaka, who wrote the story, wouldn't let anyone adapt it into live action. He didn't think kids could capture, like, the emotions. Like, kid actors could capture the emotions he wanted to portray. And I didn't think they could do it as well. And when he was approached to have it become an animated movie, he was, like, super surprised and then realized there's no other way to make it. And was, like, very into how animation was able to ca- really capture the desolation and what... Which is so, which is so, which is so interesting to me that animation was the only way that we could properly that the that vibe that kind of that experience could be accurately captured is through the style of animation not through like real like live action filming i think that is just like so interesting and holy shit and then also another incredible fact was this was double billed with um my neighbor totoro no yeah, so this was double, yeah, double build with My Neighbor Totoro, which is much more uh, cute and for children. And it was like this cute children's double bill. And people were like, this is not a kid's movie about Game of the Fireflies because Totoro did so well. It kind of like the whole negative vibe got overshadowed. But yeah, it was um, re- <laughs> an incredible double feature of Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro. That's wild. Somebody got I fired. I wild like two very different very very different movies i mean my neighbor totoro is pretty sad but it's not this sad not like at least it's a fun little monster not just unrelenting nihilistic death of children in front of your very eyes that's wild and i wonder if that's even true if like children actors couldn't portray the right emotions i think it was probably just that guy being a picky and not no like not wanting his story to be mangled, whatever that means. I think like I don't know. That was the vibe I got that he was just like being very particular. But I mm. mean, goddamn, if animation didn't capture what what is so interesting is like how well animation can capture these kinds of things and like both create this distance because it's obviously not real, but also because it can hyper realize like colors and hyper stylized things is even more terrifying. It's this really interesting tension that 
I appreciate with animation and how it's both very distancing, but also can be very visceral at the same time. Yeah. It's, I, it would have been a definite, like a totally different vibe, I think. Even even if it had the same tone, it would have felt different. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would be as impactful. I hate yeah. I, I hate to even say that, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it would have been as impactful. Although it does kind of remind me of that movie, Life is Beautiful. You ever see that? I don't think I have. Well, we are going to watch it for this podcast. <laughs> Great! <laughs> it um, You may have seen it. I believe it's French. It's about a man who, like, he and his kid are in the concentration camp, and he oh, yeah. makes okay. it a game. Yep. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that, so maybe, possibly, it would have the vibe that the writer was going for, you know, kind of like that. But, I don't know. It's interesting to think about, though. Because it's like, well, I, I don't, I will say this. This came out in 1988, right? Yes. I personally think the talent of child actors has significantly increased since that time. I hope that's not you, so you just, to say. You just, you just hate animation. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, no, I'm defending the animation. I'm saying that it's good that he went for the animated version because I'm saying that maybe he was right because I I don't think child actors were as good back then. I'm sorry to say, for the most part. I mean, it's my opinion. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I just, I feel like when you have two young kids in a movie like this, live action, and it can also become very hokey very quickly. I don't know why, but it's like two kid actors can become very cheesy. So I think leaning into the animation that is associated with children and kind of leaning into that with the entire style of the movie, I think kind of is to its benefit in terms of like catching you off guard with what it's about to put on screen and just fuck you over with. And again, like I thought it was going to be more violent, but it's just a lot of like fucked up dying very slowly, which is worse in my opinion. The graphic depictions that we were talking about are more like aftermath. You see yeah. the fire bombings happening, but there was a moment where they showed the mother all wrapped in bandages because she was all burned all over her body, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it reminded me of like um, like the trailer and stuff for Goodnight Mommy, how they kind of portrayed that to be. I was just like, Wow. Mm. That is way more graphic than I thought this movie would be. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, that I I just mean in terms of how she looked, it kind of reminded me of Goodnight Mommy. But like, yeah. On, on, honestly, like even more um, grotesque. Well, then you just like see them throw her body into a fucking mass grave. Jesus Christ! Like, I still can't believe they put the they double build this as my neighbor Totoro. Like, good God! And it's it is so interesting. Like thinking about this movie as a Studio Ghibli movie because, you know, we always think of Studio Ghibli as Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, like these very fantastical movies that are like fairy tales. And there's, there's almost always a very like a deeper message going on there, but it's their fantastical settings. And 
using spirits and nature and these like epic elements to really make it seem so much bigger than that. But this one is so, it's just real. It's just based completely in reality and it's just, it's jarring. And they did another movie like that. There's a couple movies they've done recently that are more based in reality and are more like slice of life, but they're, most of them take place in the 1940s because Miyazaki also does a lot of work with like looking at Japan, like pre post and during world war two and how it affected like society because his father was um an airplane was a was a pilot and so he was obsessed with airplanes mm. and so that's why like a lot of airplanes and like air airships in his work because of like of all that but he's you know not what i'm saying is ghibli has a lot of really interesting history in examining world war ii through different lenses and it's very interesting to see like how that is interpreted throughout the filmography of the studio. It is. That's fascinating. I didn't know any of that. Yes. I love it. It's just, oh, it's so interesting and cool. Is the other like slice of life stuff just as sad or is it just also grounded? Um, so fuck, hold on. Give me two seconds. So there's, there's Up on Poppy Hill, which I don't believe is, like, as dark. But there's one that I can't remember the fucking name of that is about, like, a guy who make who builds planes that are going to be the kamikaze planes. Hmm. Um, and there's also, like, hold on a second. The Wind Rises from 2013 is the one where it's about um, the aviation, an, an aviation engineer who makes like the, the Japanese World War II fighter plane and also his wife has tuberculosis. And then there's From Up on Poppy Hill, which is, um, it takes place in 1963, so it's like after World War II, but it's like about a country kind of recovering after World War II and about the upcoming Olympics in Japan. But that one's more uplifting than the wind rises i see yeah just curious so i guess this is probably the studio's like um saddest movie i would say that yes i think so and by all accounts it seems very popular also even though it is so sad it seems like people really like it well, it's, like, so popular, I think, because it's so different, too. You know, like, I think it stands mm. out in a really interesting way, and it's so fucking sad, and I think, again, it's just one of those movies that people look to when you're, like, animation can be fucking sad. Like, animation doesn't have to be Disney, happy, go lucky, whatever. It can be used to talk about these really horrendous, to- like, periods of history, and I think this is, like, one of the shining examples of how that's done, especially by a studio that's known for, like, it's kind of fantastical elements so i think it's appreciated for that and everyone wants to be like oh look it looks like a cute kids movie oh just kidding it's fucked up like there's like always that allure to it as well yeah definitely and i also think i think possibly that having a movie with this type of like very heavy subject matter be animated also like 
it conveys this story in a way that's less traumatic, I feel like, for the viewer. I mean, probably the actors, too. I mean, it was the 80s, Mm -hmm. so it's not like anyone was looking out for the actor's well-being. But I just mean in terms of um, being a viewer, like, if this had been live action... Like I said, it would have been a different vibe, and I also think there would have been different takeaways, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. having it be animated, and even though there's not really a fantastical element to it, it does, like we talked about um, last time, the animation adds a layer of almost like protection, where you're like, yeah, this is, like, this is obviously not real, so it's it's like lower stakes even though this is based on a true story i hope this makes sense but you know having not having to actually physically see a real person endure this stuff even though it would be just on film so fake um yeah i think that it helps like convey the real message of the story so that you're not getting caught up in like wow, this is so horrible in every single way and it's horrifying and, like, you're graphic and a little gory, you know? Having it be in this style, I think, is probably helpful. It's, like, beneficial to viewers. Yeah, I agree with that. Even though it is, like, I think a lot of people say it's traumatic because it's just so sad, um, I wouldn't say it's like you know sadness pornography or anything like that. Um, no, I agree. It's not like exploitative and like trying to like make you, it's not it's not it's it's trying to upset you but not trying to like twist the knife over and over again. Like yeah, I think it's, it's not like dwelling be, in it. It's trying to be real, which again like sounds like kind yeah. of like a contradiction for animation, but it's trying to be as real as animation can be. It's not trying to like. You know, like you said, it's not, like, sadness porn. It's not trying to, like, you know, show... It doesn't show, like, skin sloughing off or, like, these horrible, like, long, lingering moments. It's just, like, the reality of the situation and what happened to so many people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that... I guess paradoxical element where it is, like, something um, realistic, but in a you know, super unrealistic portrayal as as in, like, animation. Like I said, I think that it is helpful in, you know, really driving home the story because I do think if it had been um, live action, then I, I don't think people would have grasped the story as well, to be honest. Yeah. I agree. I think they would have gotten caught up in all the other elements of it rather than, yeah. like, the core of it. I, I hope that makes sense. No, <laughs> I It's not I, a it does. fully baked theory. No, I get that, though. I agree 100%. So, this is the... This has been the... Like, this is the end of our animation series. So, I kind of guided us through this and definitely... You weren't always as thrilled with my choices, but <laughs> how have how has your perspective on animation changed or has it at all during this series? It has. I, I, well, I'm more 
open to animation now, especially after this movie. I really, I really liked this one, and it. I'll say I'm slightly curious about checking out some more Studio Ghibli stuff. Hey. <laughs> uh, but like, I'm, I'm like, I'll like dip a toe in maybe in like a few months. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, whereas before I was like, no, like not for me, for you, cool, not for me. Um, which okay. is I'm like, glad. So okay, there's been some growth. I'm normally not, but I just like you know what I mean. I was just like, nah, I don't need to see that. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad so, things have have shifted a little bit. That makes me very happy. Yeah, and it it this series has like a little bit changed how I think because I remember when we started, I I was like, well. I tend to think of animation as like more low stakes or uh, which Mm. I guess it kind of is low stakes, but um, I think of it more as like for kids, even though I know it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I am more accepting now of like, okay, not everything that's animated is kid friendly at all which i already knew uh-huh. but, you know, it was hard for me to break that well i feel i i feel a sense of victory i mean having seen like what six very upsetting animated <laughs> stories in a row kind of yeah, will you shift also, your perspective. yeah also like definitely threw you in the deep end of like some of the weirder shit out there like there is other adult anime that is not so fucking depressing and full of prog rock <laughs> Oh god. I I seriously I I never knew you could pair so much prog rock with animation. It's actually upsetting. That's the most disturbing part of this whole series, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm glad I was thrown into the deep end. Usually I am yes. glad I'm thrown into the deep end. I like just like going full into it, like give it whatever you got i want to know hell yeah um what has your perspective at all changed like some of these were your first oops first time watches um eh, not really just more like me just loving animation and having a deeper appreciation for it i think i was mostly glad to finally see fantastic planet and see animation from that era from a different part of the world like i've seen a lot of you know japanese animation and a lot of american animation but not a lot of like you know that kind of european sensibility especially from like the 1960s and 70s so that was really it's just cool to see how animation has changed and grown and it's also just really interesting talking to you about it as someone who has like does not really who like didn't really like it like animation that much and it was been really cool to like talk to you about it and seeing your reactions especially with belladonna of sadness (laughs) you were like you can't pick the movie ever again um (laughs) it's just been really cool to see it through your kind of perspective and how you've thought about it because i'm i mean i watch animation all the time so it's cool to talk about it with someone with a different perspective and how they kind of interpret it and take it true yeah (laughs) <laughs> I hope I didn't come down too hard on any of them. No! <laughs> Just on Seita, I guess. <laughs> but, 
So yeah, that w- it was it was very fun to take you through animation and traumatize you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not traumatized, but I am intrigued. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Just real quick before we end it, I, this movie didn't upset me that badly. So that's something wow. about me. <laughs> huh. All right. Yeah, I, I I don't know if maybe I was expecting it to be even sadder or something. Um, I like I said, I really liked this movie, so it it's nothing to do with like whether or not I liked it. It just didn't make me that sad. It, it was sad, but I I don't know. That, that's my own baggage, also, I guess. Huh. All right. I know. I was also surprised by my reaction. But I, it made me anyway, feel empty inside. Now that so. everyone knows I'm like Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been a good series. So this has been a good series. We don't know what we're doing it. next, have we? Do we know what we're doing next? No. <laughs> cool. We'll announce that later. Yeah. We should have talked about that before. I yeah, guess. I meant to talk. I meant to talk to you about that before, and then I obviously forgot. So, uh, yep. Yeah, just with how things went through the course of the series, like you had a film festival. Yeah. I had like trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So we'll talk about that and announce it soon. It'll be fun. I'm thinking possibly if you're into it, maybe a Todd Salons. Uh, oh boy, fest. that's so funny! I was just thinking about. I was just talking about Todd Salons to somebody. So it's fate. It's fate. Hey, maybe we'll talk about it a little more. Okay. Cool. Okay. Everyone, let us well, know what you think we should do next, and we might possibly, but probably not do it. But I want to know what you think because maybe you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um. Side note, didn't know what Kids was about uh, until a podcast I listened to literally yesterday at the gym exposed to me what to Kids was about. And I was like, what the fuck? Why is that a movie? Kids, like, by Larry Clark? Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! I didn't know exactly <laughs> oh, what honey. it was about because I wouldn't... I didn't want to know because I wanted to see it and, like, not be ruined. And then a podcast told me, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) So, so yeah. Anyway. I like that. I know you do. And I know you're going to make me watch it on this podcast, so. I will. Um, It's already on the list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, y'all, this has been another episode of Watch Once Never Again. Uh, tell us what we should cover next or maybe we won't uh, what am i saying i don't know tell us what to cover next <laughs> or what it's you think we cover next i don't know what's okay. happening you can send us an email at wonapodcast at gmail.com that's w-o-n-a podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us directly on twitter um at wona podcast that's at w-o-n-a podcast and then follow us on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. I'm at Daxi Bobbin. Uh, make sure to uh, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Please, we would love a review. That would be awesome. And we'll talk to you soon.
Bye. Bye. Thank you.